goes away. Not a given anymore. And the extra point. That's two now that have been missed as Parkey hit the upright. 41 yards away. And that. Boy, he can hit those uprights, can he? Three times. Toward the upright. Unbelievable. Can you believe this? He's hit four uprights today. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Today in history, Mr. Grant Bills, Cody Parkey of the Chicago Bears. The five at the time, November 11, 2018, missed four field goals, hitting the upright every single time. A sign of things to come uh, months later. Yes, correct? indeed. Yes, indeed. So uh, in, the, in the, the pain and the angst that has been caused by the Packers this year, there are always anniversary of Bears sufferings to enjoy. And that is one of them. Uh, yes, a sign of things to come. I love the sound of a football hitting an upright if it's mic'd properly. Oh, it's oh, the yeah. best. It's like uh, one of the, it's one of the loudest sounds in the world. It's up there with the sound of a shampoo bottle being dropped in the shower. <laughs> like those are like just the two loudest things. Well, and I don't know why they just are. I love how loud the uprights are. Well, also if the stadium's quiet because they're realizing it's a bad kick, you yep. you you really get the fan reaction. Oh, it's it's the best. College football is wow. good at like. ESPN plus and CBS sports network and all the off brand channels that air the bad games. They are so good at miking the uprights. Like I I've heard some of the loudest sounds ever on, on some of those games. Well, it's like Sunday night baseball with the shotgun mic behind home. Play yeah. loud. Well, yeah. And they mic a rod too much and they let him talk, which is they a problem. A period. Yep. Which is the problem. Yes, indeed. Eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, six, seven, D lot to get to. You heard in the update, our guy, Zach Heilprin. Uh, Badgers Stanford tonight at American Family Field in the Bruce City Battle. Some, some college ball in a baseball stadium. Oh, it's it's exciting to some. Uh, to me, I don't know. <laughs> exciting to some. I'm going to look up how much I can get a ticket for right now. Oh, it's like 10 bucks. It doesn't get the juices flowing. And I'm speaking from someone in Madison currently. I... I don't know if I want to drive an hour and a half to uh, oh, to watch that game for you and pay for yeah. parking and such. That but, must be difficult. Yeah. Uh, someone from lacrosse. I can understand why uh, you might scoff at that comment. Eight, I seven, load up the station wagon like Chevy Chase and family vacation to go to any games <laughs> where I live. <laughs> yeah. The gas prices. Oh, eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. I will play you the Dan Orlovsky thing coming up here in a second. Is the Packer season salvageable? After our buddy Todd's in Mount Horeb. Todd, how are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good. How are you, man? You know what the biggest problem with the Packers is, right? What is it? We have the most overrated general manager ever. Totally, totally screwed this team. It started when he panicked and took a quarterback that is busted or is a bust and should have never been drafted the first round when he was the best. I agree that it was a very poor draft pick in the moment and clearly has not been the best for the team. I don't think I can sit here and call Jordan Love a bust yet because he hasn't played. He hasn't gotten a shot. It's one of the reasons Adams left. There's some other players that said this guy just doesn't have it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. What's that? He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. I, I understand oh, Devontae not. leaving, but I like a bust. 
That's he's a bust. That's Sam Darnold. A bust is Josh Rosen. Guys who get multiple. Okay, I I don't <laughs> think we can say he's a bust until he gets a fair shot. But uh, he's a bust. All right. Um. <laughs> so I I'm with you on the Goody thing though. I mean, this draft class that he just had, he entered with the most draft ammo ever. Like really, that I can remember the Packers having, and has come away with a less than stellar impact early. And it did is early, see, but did, did you see Rogers, uh, uh, Kurt Warner and his response on Rogers and kind of being on his side with, and showing some highlights or just, I don't know what, if they're smoking something that they just can't run the routes and, and catch the ball. Another one, Lazard's a, he's dropping the pass all the time. He easy catches that he's dropping. I know. And Rogers isn't perfect. Obviously he's made mistakes for sure, but, Rodgers is still very talented, and if the if the wide receivers are running routes and doing their job, it, despite him having a few bad passes for sure, they they'd be in a much better position. I agree. I did see that video. The wide receivers have been a disappointment. Um, I mean, Watkins just is. I think he's injured. He's not. He's not helping the team at all. Yet they still move the ball and. The Packers win the game easily on Sunday if Rodgers doesn't throw three picks in the end zone. For sure. So And this um, Ture for the deep touchdown. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he gets no help. We've all accepted this. But also, I mean, part of the equation, right, to him getting no help is the fact that it, the Packers can't afford a lot of the guys that would be able to help. Well, and that that's what was my other point, too, that um, if there's one thing that I have uh, uh, um, dissatisfaction is that uh, he just took too much of, of money. He should, you know, yeah. Rogers, he shouldn't be fifty millions too much. He's yeah. ex- obviously one of the ever, but still, um, he sure, certainly didn't help by by taking taking too much of a salary. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it's hard, and, and appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for listening. It, it's hard with that because he deserves it. Like if you're talking about uh, money for performance, like in baseball, Grant. Yeah, A lot of guys are paid on their past performance or were, yep. but now they're getting smarter and they're realizing they should not be paying Chris Davis at the Orioles $150 million, and then he gets busted for Adderall and can't hit anymore. Like I, People have gotten smarter in that sport of not paying on past performance, but I, I cannot sit here and say he didn't deserve the contract. It's just you look at the realistic history of the NFL, and Bill has been all over this. Teams don't win the Super Bowl with their quarterback making as much money as he's making. It, it never happens. And history, I mean, is is bound to repeat itself. You are correct in that paying players for past performance is a little bit of a trap, but that's how sports work, right? Because every contract for the players age poorly because there's always more money coming in, there's more TV money coming in, and then the rookie wage scale plays a big part in this too. And what the Packers have been so good at for that is you know, getting out a year early rather than a year or two too late. But Brian Gutekind, we had a caller, I don't know if it was Todd or who it was a couple minutes ago, saying Brian Gutekind is overrated as a general manager. I, I don't know, but Brian Gutekind the last two years has very much made a departure from what the Packers typically do. Don't give O-lineman a third contract, right? Well, he did that with Bakhtiari. He tried to give uh, Adams a huge contract, which the Packers historically haven't done, right? And giving all that money to Rodgers. That's not something that Ted Thompson would have done or... I think even Brian Gudikins would have done a couple of years ago, but he's really adapted his decision-making process and it hasn't gone well. 
Yep, 877-867-1670. Uh, let's get back to it. Our buddy Corey's in Marshall. Corey, how are you, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, uh, sober, I guess, is the best way to describe it. I, I'm excited to sit back tonight, watch Wisconsin play Stanford, and enjoy a couple beverages, and then uh, really have my eyes bleed when Wisconsin plays Iowa, but in a good way. <laughs> You know, that was a good call on that. The sound of the of the football hitting the uprights is like, it's right up there with the sweet spot of a baseball hitting on a bat on a yeah. summer night. Oh, in person? Like, but, no doubt. Yep. It's like, you can just hear it. It's just like, oh, yeah. Bam. <laughs> like, it's almost like an explosion. This is the way I best put it. That's what it sounds like when it really hits it. Well, when Christian Yells used to be good, like that sound coming off the bat or whatever. Yeah. Boom. Or like when a guy's or pads are popping and, and fall and somebody really lays the wood to somebody. That's those are like the the quintessential sounds of sports. But I wanna get your thoughts on you said, you know, the Badgers in Iowa, eyes bleeding tomorrow. Do you think that it's gonna be just running into brick walls basically for the Badgers playing Iowa from like a run standpoint? I mean, I haven't seen Iowa that much lately, but I just remember like the couple times I have seen them this season so far. They look pretty putrid on offense, and it looks like there should be some cooking there for Badgers on defense too. You know, yes. When when Iowa's on offense, Wisconsin has a decided advantage. Um, as long as they don't have a very short field, I cannot see the Iowa offense maintaining long drives and winning that way. When the Badgers have the ball, though, I am I'm petrified, Corey, about them being able to move it consistently because I, we saw the best. Saturday, the offensive line has had this season against Maryland last Saturday with the best group, and they're finally healthy, and it's exciting. But they're going to Kinnick against events in the country. The best defensive front I think they'll face this year. Like, this front seven might be better than Ohio State. And the way that I I have last year seared in my brain uh, in terms of what the Badgers look like when they're stubborn and can't run the ball against a good front. And that's what I'm scared of. I'm scared that the defense will be put into too many tough spots um, where like I, 15 points could win this game. 16 points could win this game. And if the Badgers can't run the ball, I, I have a hard time seeing Mertz winning the game with his arm against that secondary. So that's what scares me. So they're that good on defense. Yeah, I think I so. I, and the only games where they've struggled, they've, they've given up zero explosive plays pretty much all season. The only time they've struggled is when they were down 30 points to Ohio State. And at that point, the game's over. But I, so could we be looking at like you there, Corey? We lose him. Nope. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So could we be looking at a zero zero three three tie heading into overtime tomorrow? I would thoroughly enjoy that. Um, I I think there could be a a pick six or maybe nine to nine could be a good one or, or twelve to twelve. I think it's going to be low scoring. Points are going to be premium. Whichever defense makes more explosive plays wins. I think it comes down to that. Special teams. How are the Iowa special cover and return teams? Oh, they have the best punter I've ever seen. And uh, he is he is a, he is ridiculous. So uh, the Badgers will be starting inside often. Iowa always has mm. like the best special teams in the country. So that's that's also where this game could shift. I don't know. I don't feel great honestly, but. Uh, I, I don't feel as bad as I do with the Packers. <laughs> if that makes you feel any better. Yeah, that's why. 
Uh, I appreciate the phone call, man. 877-867-1670. Grant, what's your gut say about Wisconsin and Iowa? I want a weird score. I love the idea of that. 15 to 11. Uh, Yeah, I've never been to Kinnick, but it is a notoriously difficult place to go in and win. And it's hard to win in college football on the road, period. But Wisconsin is just, I don't know. I always feel okay when we play Iowa. This is a stat that I heard last night that was wild. Zach Heilprin sharing this, and I only assume it's correct. This is the first time since 2008 these two teams have matched up without a single of the two being ranked. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I Often, the difference is after they play as opposed to before. Uh, and the AP poll loves some... Uh, I Metrics love good defense. So Wisconsin and Iowa are always up there in all of the FPI, SP+. Because when you have a good defense, at least the models think you should be able to compete with that. That's, I think, why we why we see that. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a fun one. I, Kinnick's just scary. It, it, it's a blackout. It's going to be dark. It's very intimate. And Iowa does that thing where they hold hands out of the tunnel. I don't know. I'm intimidated by Iowa. I will say it. Despite how terrible their quarterback and offense is. Yeah, that's the thing. They're, I mean, I'm just excited to watch Iowa play offense because it's always entertaining. It's I do have funny. a little bit of a sicko streak, as do you, when it comes to the college football that you watch. Sometimes it's so bad, it's good. And at least we have that going for us tomorrow, if nothing else. Even if the Badgers lose, we get to watch Brian Ferentz's crummy offense. Oh, and the game means a lot. It, if the Badgers or Iowa win and Illinois loses to Purdue, the winner of Wisconsin-Iowa has an inside track at the West. Like th- this game still does also matter, which makes it a lot more interesting. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Real quick, let's go back to the phones. Line two. You're on the Bill Michael Show. Who do we got here? Eric on nine ninety. Oh, Eric. Eric, what's up, man? You guys were uh, well. First of all, Ben, I just wanted to say how sorry I was about the Phillies. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I do. I do sympathize with you. Thank are you, you kind of done licking your favorite, or are you good? <laughs> um, good is a relative term. Okay. No. I know a few. Is the answer. Know, I watch. I watch my team lose Super Bowls. You know, and it's a, it's a terrible feeling. I think I was six though when that happened. So you know, but I get it. I get it. Um, favorite sounds. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite sounds is throwing a pack of firecrackers into a culvert. <laughs> Now, this is... What? 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 Throwing a pack of firecrackers into a culvert. Into a culvert? A culvert. Oh. A culvert on the road. I I got you. I heard culvers. Um... No, no, no. That might be loud, too. That might be cool, but... Yeah. Throwing a pack of firecrackers into a culvert. I, what did I, what did I miss with favorite sounds? That's not where my brain went, Eric, frankly. No, it's it's a lot of fun. I like to do it on opening day of deer hunting. I like to drive around. Yeah. And then just stop by a culvert and throw a pack of firecrackers in there. Because <laughs> it gets everybody worked up. Are you just driving always? <laughs> Is that your whole life? You're like, you're like the captain Pretty on much. a ghost pirate ship. You're just always moving from never with the destination. I never want anybody to know exactly where I'm at at any time, <laughs> other than when I'm on I-90. Oh, what's it sound down. like? What's What's it sound like when a football hits a guy's helmet? 
It, it doesn't oh. say, well, it's, yeah. Like like an interception on the goal line. Yeah, there was a joke to be made there, and Grant made there's, it. Right. I mean, there's only, there's like three guys who know what that is this year. That's what's puzzling to me. I mean, how many how many times does that happen? There's a lot of batted balls, but what a segue. how many guys are batting them with their heads? I, well, not many. Not, not many, many quarterbacks are There's throwing balls into helmets. Kyler Murray is because he's short. Yeah. So we got a little reunion on the Viking side here this weekend. Sounds like oh. we're going to get Case Casey Keenum. Kasem, <clears throat> Casey Kasem and Stefan Diggs That's not against that the is. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, you know, Eric, um, it, it's a weird gut feeling game where everyone looks at the game and says, oh, Josh Allen's out. They have no chance. I think I like the uh, Bills. Yeah, I don't know about this. I still, I'm, I, you know, it's going to be like every other Sunday for me. It's going to be sitting there hoping, and there's going to be glimmers of hope. I, I think the Vikes will keep it close. But, you know, that Bills team is still a really good defense. Really yeah. good defense. The Vikings and, are kind of uh, getting by on, the, like, the skin of their teeth, right? Like, they're escaping in these games. They're not dominating yet which is what leads luckiest, me to pause. Luckiest team in the league. All you have to do is ask Ebo. Luckiest <laughs> team in the league. Well, I... And it's, it's true. They're usually the most unlucky, though, right? So maybe the yeah. the luck has shifted. Right, right. I mean, right. And that's a little bit of what's happened to Green Bay. They've gotten unlucky now. Yeah, you kind of make your own luck in that regard. And uh, I appreciate it, Eric. We're running up against it. Got Got a hit break here. Um, yes, I, uh, Packers have been unlucky, no doubt. Uh, though some of that luck has been created, uh, maybe sometimes for the worse. If you're on the phone line, stay right there. 877-867-1670. We'll get to you when we return a lot more cheddar Packers, Cowboys coming up. Hey, we could talk Badgers, Iowa, whole lot more bill Michaels show, Ben, Kenny grant bills in for bill coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, make it, put it in the pocket. It is The Bill Michael Show. I'm Ben yeah. Kenny. Get Grant Billier in in a little bit, dealing, uh, getting through some technical stuff going on. It's a Friday. It's a football Friday. We'll take your predictions for Packers, Cowboys, talk game, all that stuff. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll make picks for the NFL. Bill has sent me his selections. Uh, I am losing by a pretty large margin, and I hope to uh, shorten the gap. We'll get to those picks coming up next. A lot more to come as well. We could talk Wisconsin, Iowa, 877-867-1670. For now, though, let's go back to the phones. Our buddy Aaron's in Eau Claire. Aaron, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call, Ben. Yeah, and what's up, man? Grant, if he's listening, uh, I'm Aaron on Highway 53, kind of like Eric on I-90. I got you. So, I, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if uh, – <laughs> I I know I-90 is, is a large high. I don't know if you want that to be your brand, you know? I know, 53, but I'm heading up north to the hunting cabin to put up deer stands. So I'm kind of I'm kind of excited and just listening to you guys. So uh, thanks for the program. Uh, 
I'm just calling my prediction for this weekend is I just hope to God the Packers can keep it within like a respectable game, I guess, if you will. I don't have much much hope anymore and just kind of calling it to say my mindset now for the Packers is just kind of welcome to purgatory, I guess, if you will, because, you know, Rodgers like middle of the pack kind of uh, quarterback back in 2019, so they draft a quarterback, and then he kind of pigeonholes the Packers by putting two back-to-back MVP seasons, and now we're just sitting here with like a, I don't know, man, it's it's going to be interesting for the next year and a half as Packer fans, you know, kind of what what they do and coming into the season with no real receiving receiving core to help Rodgers. But at the same time, man, I'm just – it's kind of crazy if you would have told me at the beginning of the season by now I would be excited for the Badgers that have some life. And the Bucks, the Bucks are, what, 10-1? and 9-2, and two, so, I believe. Nine, yes. nine and two, so, so I'm, exci- I'm excited about the Bucks. At least we have something to have hope and excitement and and so forth. But I just, you know, there's just so much wrong with the Packers. I just, it will be a fascinating end to the season to see what they do if they if they play Love. If they're out of the out of the uh, running for uh, for the playoffs, do you play Love to try to get tape on him to trade him to get picks? I, I don't know, man. I. It's just such a weird time to play. Yeah, I got you. Uh, and appreciate the phone call, man. Um, I, I guess the mindset of, of this weekend um, and hoping for the game to stay close, I, I guess that perfectly encapsulates. That's where we are right now, right? And uh, we said it at the top of the show, I guess, hoping that uh, the Packers really were what we see the Cowboys being right now is is kind of a sad state of reality. I expected Mike McCarthy's return to you know, come a six and two Packers, five and three Cowboys or whatever, two teams in playoff contention, two teams near the top of their divisions. And then maybe I, I thought we would see a, a stronger reaction to McCarthy. I, I feel like the attitude this week, at least, is one of, uh, yes, McCarthy's return is significant, but the problems don't lie with, you know, what his team presents. The problems lie in Green Bay's building which is, you know, not the best state of affairs, no doubt. And in terms of the Badgers and life, they do have life. I, I actually went through, I spent a morning, I, I don't know why I did, mapping out their their chance to win the West, all of the various outcomes that could happen. A lot of it hinges on Purdue, Illinois, coming up on Saturday. Illinois obviously leading the West. If, the, if Purdue wins, if Illinois drops this game, Wisconsin has real, real life. Right now, they pretty much need to win out, have Illinois lose a couple. One of them being Michigan, though, is a likely loss. But a Purdue win changes everything for this Badger team if they can take care of business against the Hawkeyes. So, uh, yeah, that's where we stand. I'm with it, though. I I think this game, Packers-Cowboys, can be close at least for a half. The Packers have played well in the first half this season. They have shown fight early. And the offense has done well when it's scripted. When when Matt LaFleur is able to script the first drive, they've scored. They move the football. It's when they get hit in the mouth or, or when adversity is faced that it ends up not working. And then the second half has become somewhat of a disaster, whether it's defensively, whether it's offensively, whatever the result there. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones here. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? What's up, Steve? How are you? Not too bad. How about you? It's ah, I'm I'm good. It's a Friday. It's cold. 
I, I'm excited for the weekend. Let's say that. I am definitely ready for some outside beers. Yes, uh, colder outside <laughs> beers. I, I don't think people have talked enough about what maybe this weekend signifies. And for it also means it's cold as all hell when you're walking or walking to your car, driving your car, whatever. But it does mean you could leave a six-pack outside and it would. This is this is the weekend where you can sit outside, where, you know, wear your bibs, put on a stocking hat, keep a 12-pack outside, be a window, and do yard work and watch a football game and be comfortable doing it. Yes, uh, which is good. I The thing is, I would love to be at Iowa City for this Badgers-Iowa game because I'm excited for it. But uh, the, the coziness of being inside, uh, this is where current age television definitely helps. Um, what do you see happening on Sunday? What's on your mind there? Uh, so on Sunday, uh, I'm not a Packer fan. I'm a Bears fan. Oh. And in, in all honesty, I don't think Green if Green Bay comes out and runs the ball well, they have a chance. But I don't know if they can do it with the current offense they have. They don't seem to hand the ball off enough. So I, I personally think Dallas is going to win by seven. Okay. I mean, that's, I guess, closer than I might foresee it being. Yeah. Uh, I was a fan, and you called in to probably parade the fact that Justin Fields looks good and the no. Packers are in a tough spot. No, actually, I, I called in because I think well, I've been hearing this week and since they've been on this losing streak of, don't know how this happened, you know, just, just, you know, this is a new thing for Packers fans. As a Bears fan, I can relate to this. The struggle is real, but you got to have a GM that you have faith in. And you have faith in your GM to draft well or sign free agents well, then you're going to trust. So the question for Green Bay and Green Bay Packer fans is, how well do you trust your GM? That is that is definitely, uh, the, I mean, recently it, the returns have not been great. Uh, and appreciate the phone call, man. I'm running up against it here. Got to hit break. Uh, I don't think I trust Ryan Poles. Let me start there, the Bears general manager. And putting guys around fields. Do I trust Goody? That's a that's a really tough question to answer. Um, uh, let's do this. So we'll get to it when we return. We'll get Grant Bills back up here. Uh, we'll talk about that as well as a lot of Cowboys coming up on Sunday. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny in for Bill. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. Grant Bills is back? Question mark? Yes, sir. Oh, okay, good. So that is all squared away. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills in for Mr. Bill Michaels on this Friday, a prediction Friday, a, a football Friday, entering the weekend, 877-867-1670. That is how you join the show. So last segment... At the end, a caller had asked, how much do we trust Goody? And I want to address that after we hear what I had teasedly. Dan Orlovsky on the Pat McAfee show yesterday was asked, is this past season salvageable? I think it connects to the Goody thing. Here's what he had to say. I don't think the season is salvageable anymore after that loss. Um, That was a shocking loss. Like, I don't know, like, blame. I, I can I can sit here and say, like, the defense has been incredibly underwhelming for a defense that is absolutely loaded, 
and for a team that took two first-round picks when they traded away their second-best player and did nothing to increase the defensive performance with those two picks, you've got to sit there and go like the defense and the, the, those additions have failed. Um, I think the reality is this. It's, it's, this is no longer Matt LaFleur's offense, I can tell you that, at least the offense that he grew up in and has been calling. I don't know why it's that case, but it is... It is no longer like your motion, shift, um, under center, play action, run offense. It is gun, RPO to the side, and we're just going to take a drop back, go route, deep shot. So I don't know like why that has become the case. That's certainly what is making this offense. Well, there he is, and I thought. And Grant, the question is, can, can we trust Goody going forward? I think generally the answer is yes. I don't think he did a good job this offseason. The, the draft is not given as good early results as you would have hoped or expected. However, what's being run and what's being called with this Packers team, it's what I keep going back to. What they are doing, what they, how they are operating is not how this roster was constructed at all. And that's the case on defense too. It took weeks, like it did last year, for them to get aggressive. They were in London, and they were healthy, and they had all this talent, and they played off, and they just gave space and space and space, and they lost that way. Offensively, like, yes, Goody had a rough offseason. He has not helped the quarterback or whoever enough, and the picks, early returns, poor. But also, they're not running what Goody had intended the offense to be. How in the world do we view that? I don't think Goody did a great job this offseason. I'm not sure. You talk about the rookies. Rookies aren't really supposed to contribute amazing their first year. If they are, cool. If not, you know, I think that's kind of run of the mill. My first drafts, 18, 19, yep. 2020, 2021, was at some point not going to be here, and they made no plan for that, right? And acting like, well, they should have just drafted George Pickens because he could have stepped in this year and been the guy, uh, I don't know. Romeo Dobbs has been fine here and there. Watson's mostly been hurt. So I guess that's a bad example. I don't think it's that they drafted the wrong players this offseason. It's that they drafted these wide receivers too late, right? That's my problem. It's the last couple of years, not just this previous draft. Yeah. And I undoubtedly, Dan was talking about the defense as well. I mean, the guys you re-upped early, I, the returns on Douglas and Campbell, who were wonders last year, have, have not worked out. And everyone, everyone knows that at this point, right? 877-867-1670. Our buddy Chris is in Brookfield. Chris, what's up? Hey, gentlemen. How's it going? It's good, man. How are you? Well, I, I got a feeling that uh, Dallas Cowboys are going to come in here and they're just going to throttle Coach Killer Rogers and Bears Mark Murphy up to Yang Yang. And the reason why I say that is, with Mark Murphy, you ain't going to tell me that Goody is a guy that signed him on uh, under McCarthy's last year to the major contract. We still had two plus years left, and he had three sub seasons uh, before Brady. Then he changed coaches, but even though they went 13 and three, Rogers still that's why they drafted Love. And then I think drafting Love put a fire on Came out with his words was. Oh, I went back and looked at my footwork from years ago when I could actually throw, which is nothing basically saying, hey, uh, they got a kid in here that's challenging me. I better, like, wake up. And Rogers, 
You know, you put him in the category with Mahomes and all that, and I'll agree. He's, 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 he doesn't run the offense the way it should be. He runs it the way he wants to. That's why you even had Lewis saying when they fired McCarthy, he's never seen a quarterback disregard the coach's plays and come up and draw plays in the sand. And then you got the second year under the floor, they had this big meeting of the minds where they threw out most of the floor's offense to appease Rodgers because Murphy gave them that power. And then you sit there and you watch, you're talking about Brady being with Mahomes and uh, the kid from uh, Buffalo. Yep. Tom Brady is the greatest game manager quarterback in the history of the league. He doesn't just sit there and wing it. He moves the chains. chains. He plays smart. He hits the open receiver. He hits the running back. You don't see Rodgers. You ever see Rodgers throw a ball to a running back? 90% of the time, the running back's got to stop, bend down by his ankles to try and catch the ball. He never throws him in motion. Rodgers is killed point. in motion offense by insistently going into the shotgun position and sitting there to go to one second while the defense tees up. He's a chicken. You know what? When it comes inside, the Terry thinks he's better than anybody else. Let's where go. he should be in play action and, and going with motion and using their running backs as a downhill uh, running game. I know our offensive line has been septic this year as far as injuries and all that, but you still got to give him a chance. Those boys want to run the ball, and they want to block for those guys. And then it opens up play action. And like you said earlier, when he throws the ball to Lazard, he's already late, hits it off the helmet of the other guy, and, oh, yeah, A.J. Dillon is wide open. And why hasn't A.J. Dillon looked like he did last year? He hasn't gotten that many opportunities. Look at his carry count. He's way down from what he was doing last year when they did a little bit more balancing. So, And Rodgers will never win a Super Bowl with Rodgers. And I said this four years ago on Bill's show, he was on the other network. As long as Aaron Rodgers is here, they're never going to win a Super Bowl. He's a game choker. He had his great year 10 when they brought in all the guys from off the streets. But every year after that, he hasn't put on a string of playoff wins. He's lost to the either in the first or second round. He got embarrassed by Tampa Bay because he kept going to Devontae Adams when you had Lazard and Tony and opening the end zone. Last year, the same thing. He throws the bomb to, to Devontae Adams. He had Lazard open. Last week, he had Con- he had Tony and Lazard wide open, and he chucks it at the other wide receiver's feet. No, he took the sack. So I don't want to hear about all this great Aaron Rodgers stuff. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks in history as far as regular season, and he's he's not that great in the playoffs. And if the floor doesn't have the cojones to say, go up to Mark Murphy and say, are you going to let me run my offense or I'll go somewhere else? Because with Rodgers, they're not going to do it. And you talk about Jordan Love, he had one game against Kansas City where the coaching staff failed to put a game plan in to go to him. They kept Rodgers game plan in, where all he did was come out throwing the ball, never got a chance to get settled. They had a 28th-ranked defense as far as run against the run, and what did we do? We, our running backs barely caught, touched the ball. They ran for 14 times in the whole game against Kansas City. So there is some of those, but I still say, you get rid of Murphy, you get rid of Rodgers, and Man. I think this would be better. But I agree with you, Goody should have done a better job of getting some wide receivers, but you still got to go with what your strengths are, and they're not doing that because their strengths are running the ball, screen passes, play action, hit the tight ends, and, and that's, their, that's, that's their strength. But Rodgers refuses to run it. I got you, Chris. Man! Holy ball. What a call! You want to host um, my show tonight? There is, there is so much there. I didn't want to stop him. No. The train I, I'm was not stepping in front of that train. The train was God. down the tracks. Um. I mean, one thing I will, the whole 
Rodgers won't win a Super Bowl in Green Bay. I don't think it'll do as much with his play as it will with his contract. Yeah. First of all. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to look back upon the last four years and try to rewrite history and what thoughts were at certain moments. Like bringing him back and uh, drafting Jordan Love, mistake. And then Rodgers plays like an MVP. They needed to win it in those two years. If we're being on, those were the best chances they will have. 2020 man against the Bucks. They, they, that, yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was almost as bad, in my opinion, as the 2014 NFC Championship game against Seattle. It didn't end dramatically, but it was the same comedy of errors in a very winnable game with the team that you had that was set up to make the Super Bowl in the year where you had the seed to do it. 2020, 2021. That was it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I'm recovering from, from those four minutes. Honestly. I need a cigarette. I'm processed. I need a cigarette. I do. 877-867-1670. I don't know. Like again, Grant defend Rogers a bit. He hasn't been set up well this season, but every time I say that, I even sit back and say, but, but why hasn't LaFleur and Rogers adapted? Wait, he, he said it. It's the word power. Go. It's the word power. All I was going to say is, like, you're not always set up for success at work. Sometimes you come in, technical difficulties. Maybe there's n- no great content, no great stories. So you adjust. You, you change it up to, to better fit the circumstances. Rodgers has not been dealt the best hand, but he hasn't adjusted to the hand he's been dealt as good as I think he could have and should. Same with the head coach. Fair. They 100%. have not adjusted. This offense stinks. The plan doesn't work. You heard Dan Orlovsky say it. They're running RPO ISO shots to receivers that can't get open. So change how you operate. Fit it to the personnel. I have a stat I'm going to talk about when I come back. Ooh. About personnel and which works and which doesn't. And it shows exactly what staff, first of all, gets wrong, but also why it's all not working. I need to see Michael's show. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show, Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Cowboys. 325 here at Lambeau Field. The forecast is mostly sunny and a high of 36. High safety Jonathan Abram, who made it to practice in Green Bay after being waived by the Raiders less than two before. Past couple of days, uh, I found out yesterday I was coming to Green Bay. They called and said I was on a 320 flight. It was 140. I had to pack a bag, get on the plane, and now I'm here today. Abram played for the Packers special teams coordinator, Rich Bisaccia, in Las Vegas for three seasons. I think he'll come in here and I think he'll be humble. He'll be a hardworking kid. I think he'll listen and learn and try to improve every day. And hopefully he can help us in some manner uh, sooner rather than later. On offense, Randall Cobb still on IR. Rookie receiver Romeo Dobbs now out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. So veteran wide receiver Sammy Watkins knows he has to step up his game for the team and for Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's hard when you as a wide out been on the fly and then I can't battle my 12 field. Having so many different guys at different positions, uh, I don't think me, Kobe, and Allen haven't played since the second week up the Bears. It's just hard. So hopefully all of us get healthy. 
it'll be great to have Romeo get back whenever he's prepared, Kabi, and we can all gel and um, make as many plays as, as presented to us. The Cowboys are five-point favorites. Head coach Mike McCarthy asked if he knew if he beat the Packers, he'd join a short list of coaches who have beat every team in the NFL at least once. Uh, is that type of accomplishment? Oh, wow. That's, that's interesting. I, I haven't thought about it, but um, so let's do it. <laughs> That's Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the show. Welcome back. Bill Michaels show. One o'clock hour coming up. A, a loaded one o'clock hour. We'll talk Packers Cowboys. We'll continue the conversation. Got to touch on a, a little bit of MOB free agent hot stove talk. Free agency has officially started yesterday. It's mid-November, so that comes with the territory. We'll get into that. Some uh, some Badgers-Stanford basketball action at American Family Field coming up tonight. Touch on that as well. Um, and then I, like, I figure a lot of our listeners are not on Twitter, but I figure a lot of them are. And there have been some developments in that world. I, I, I don't know. Well, it, it's a... It's a one o'clock hour on a Friday. So expect it to go a lot of different directions, but we'll talk Packers, Cowboys. We'll take your calls. 877-867-1670. We'll get into what we were talking about with Chris. Um, I, I maybe not as boisterous. Like I, I'm cautiously optimistic. About the team's chances next season with Rogers, but uh, this season definitely feels over. I, I don't know. The organization is screwed. The dog days are coming. I'm not there at all. This season, though, things have clearly not gone well and have not been handled well. We'll get into more of that when we come back. One hour yet to go. It's the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny, in for Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.